Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. And perhaps we should. Ukraine. Not a real nation, according to none other than that pillar of virtue, that pillar of truthfulness, Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin, who, of course, prefaced or ran interference for his massive total war invasion of Ukraine by claiming that Ukraine was endangering superpower Russia. It should have been an embarrassing claim to make that little Ukraine, with a fraction of the population, with very little, very low, very small military budget, not nuclear-powered, and the list just goes on and on and on, that it was a threat to mighty Russia, mighty mother Russia. I mean, it really is just a phenomenal claim. And frankly, injurious to the pride of Russia. It should have been. It should have caused Russians, even those who believed him, even those who were so foolish and blind and ignorant and devoid of any understanding whatsoever of history, let alone of truth, it still should have upset them at him, at Putin, that Russia was so weak that it would be threatened by Ukraine, whose military was focused entirely on defending Ukraine from Russia. Just extraordinary. But amazing how successful evil propaganda is. And Vladimir Putin, of course, has slavishly imitated Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, Mao Zedong, and all of the major propagandists of the 20th century. But his claims that Ukraine was fascist, again, this is a matter of the evil calling the good evil and calling the evil good. This is something that the, dare I say, (laughs) the labor unions in the United States of America for so long were notorious for, back when they were run by the mafia, back when they were owned by the mob, always coming up with these bald-faced, outrageous lies and always making outrageous demands. And then they would take a step back from their outrageous demands and settle for outrageous success. (laughs) Masters of negotiation. Vladimir Putin, like Adolf Hitler and Joseph Goebbels, attacked his targeted nation first by demonizing it, demonizing the people of Ukraine, demonizing the nation of Ukraine. And claiming that Russian people were being preyed upon. Just as Adolf Hitler, Joseph Goebbels, claimed Germans were being evilly abused, murdered in Sudetenland and Czechoslovakia, larger, greater Czechoslovakia after that. 
and in Poland. Just, but amazing multitudes believed the damnable lies, even as multitudes of Russians have believed Putin's spectacular lies, which is interesting given his history, his personal history. It has been lies, lies, and damnable lies all of his career. Anyone that would imagine that he would not resort to doing any and all evil possible in Ukraine, to Ukraines, to Ukrainians, anyone that would imagine that has no inkling of what this damnable evil creature has done heretofore. Not only the assassinations committed in Moscow, in Russia. Not only consigning oligarchs to Siberia, gulags, after stealing their companies. But assassinating Russians in Britain. And on the continent. And how he came to power in the first place. Committing monstrous, murderous, mass murder terrorist attacks in Moscow and in Russia and blaming them on others. Chechens in Chechnya, not to be confused with uh, the Czech Republic. But that's who and what he is. Claiming others are fascists when he's fascist. Totalitarian, fascist dictator, but really not a dime's difference between that and a gangster. He's a gangster. A thug, just an extremely successful one. And after prepping for this horrendous total war invasion via indoctrination, via propaganda to demonize Ukraine, after massively afflicting Ukraine via his army of hackers, computer hackers, then he sent massive, overwhelming force, shock and awe, invasion forces with the explicit mission to destroy Ukraine. To take it, yes. To enslave it, yes. To annex it, yes. But also to destroy everything that wasn't needed. Everyone that wasn't needed. And so he began with assassinations, mass murder, Terror. And so it continues. Now, in the West, you know, the free nations, the democratic nations, yes, uh, the highly developed Western nations that are so sophisticated, so sophisticated that they've been engaging in premeditatedly slaughtering millions and millions of their own babies every year, but not executing vicious, torturous murderers, mass murderers, serial murderers, what have you. No, but murdering babies, innocent babies and infants. But here in the enlightened, sophisticated West, The leaders 
We're not worth <laughs> anything. And that's putting it very gently. I am really restraining myself there. <laughs> very diplomatically. The leaders have not felt the need. They have not been compelled to do anything that could be construed as engaging Putin, responding to Putin, retaliating against Putin. Oh, no, they must not, because then he threatens nuclear war. And they just all run away with their tails between their legs. Just astonishing. So disgraceful. But, you know, there's more to it than that. Apart from the, the mass group cowardice, there's also mass immorality. The overwhelming majority of the Western leaders at the top and so many on the way down again, have been parties for years, for decades, in promoting everything terrible in the West. Everything damnably immoral and evil in the West. These are not righteous, God-fearing, godly people, to put it ever so lightly. So many of them, there's so little difference between them and Putin. So many of them, the only reason that they would respond is if they felt it was harmful to them politically, financially, every other way to fail to. But failing that, failing being compelled to act in any way, shape, or form other than paying lip service, mind you. Failing being compelled to act, they don't. Meanwhile, when it comes to their agendas in their nations, particularly in the United States of America, which I am more familiar with than outside of this nation. Oh, they aggressively pursue that. And that agenda has many tentacles, and they are all wicked, and they are all terrible, and they all spell the absolute destruction of the nations. So Putin is fascist. Call him what you will. Totalitarian, gangster, whatever. Fascism is socialist. Socialism. Oh, no, brother. Oh, no, it's not. I mean, you know, after all, socialism is good and gentle and kind and considerate and compassionate and all that. No, it's not. Socialism is the root plant. And fascism and communism are branches of that. But they're all about the same thing. At the root, at the base, at the foundation, they all hate God, hate Christ, hate Christianity, hate morality, righteousness, decency, freedom. They're all about the same thing. Here in the West, in the United States of America, the Democrat Party has championed evil for decades and decades and decades and decades. Oh, brother, you can't say that. I mean, I know that there are good Christian people that are Democrats. Oh, there are people that claim to be Christians that are Democrats, even some which are, you know, elected 
officials. But the evils that the Democrat Party stands for and has championed for decades and decades and decades are evil and are diametrically contrary, opposed to, alienated from, at war with Christianity. True Christianity. But the Democrat Party has always relied heavily upon propaganda, evil propaganda, demonizing the good, championing and lionizing the evil. And so it is today. That has not changed. Now, the United States of America's federal regime has repeatedly promised aid to Ukraine. More aid to Ukraine. Yes. Very charming, uh, you know, refrain. Meanwhile, the United States of America, the mighty United States of America, Soul world superpower, you know, it was claimed at one time. I don't know that it's claimed that that's claimed anymore, but it certainly was a refrain for a long time. It has not done anything outright to oppose Putin. But why should it? Biden has always been a gangster. He always has been. He's always been a champion of evil. The same as his illustrious party. The same as Kamala Harris. His choices of whom he has promoted, put in power, underneath him, beside him, and so forth. They are a direct reflection of that. But he's gotten to enjoy the power of the White House eight years with Barack Hussein Obama, and now, of course, since he's been commander-in-chief. But the mighty commander-in-chief focuses his attentions on commanding the destruction of the United States of America, as did Barack Hussein Obama, as does Barack Hussein Obama (laughs) in a private capacity, I guess. But, again, Russia, not meaning the Russian people as a whole, even though I am terribly disappointed with the Russian people as a whole. But the Russian invasion forces, they haven't been fighting the battle of necessity, shall we say. This hasn't been about self-defense. This hasn't been about national defense, about national security. No, no. You remember going back to the Gulf War, Gulf War I, Gulf War II, the Persian Gulf Wars. Much was said about what the motivation was, what the rationale was, what the reason was behind these. And there were those who opined that it was all about oil. And there was some reason to view it in that light, for some to insist that was the only thing it was about. But there certainly was reason to view that as being a component. There are those who are insisting this invasion by Putin is all about oil, is all about economics. And there is a component of that to it. But that is not 
First and foremost, first and foremost, Vladimir Putin is a destroyer. He is evil. The evil hate the good and seek to destroy them. Vladimir Putin determined that the Western leaders were weak, immoral, cowardly. I know that sounds like some will say that's a description of Vladimir Putin, but compared to them, not as much. (laughs) But he viewed them that way. They were not a threat. They would not react. They would not respond. If it wasn't their fat in the fire, they wouldn't get involved. Does that remind you of anybody? Neville Chamberlain. Winston Churchill, for all of his flaws and all of his faults, all of his imperfections, he was superior to any and of the best of the leaders on the face of this earth at this time. Adolf Hitler gambled that he could get away with taking Rhineland. And there wasn't even a squawk of protest. He gambled that he could cleverly, strategically seize Sudetenland after demonizing the people of Sudetenland that were not German. We're not beholding to Germany. He gambled that he could succeed in taking all of Czechoslovakia and Austria. And he won. And then he gambled in taking Poland. And you could say, well, that was his comeuppance. He lost. Well... He succeeded in absolutely destroying, savaging, and destroying Poland. But yes, the Allies joined the battle. But had Pearl Harbor not taken place, Had the imperial leadership under Hirohito paid heed to Yamamoto, I believe it is, had they paid heed to him, his counsel, they would not have struck Hawaii. But they disregarded what he had to say. And they did attack. And so Franklin Delano Roosevelt, whom had managed to so artfully keep the United States of America out of World War II, entered World War II. And he couldn't very well only react to Japan when Adolf Hitler declared war on the United States of America. But again, it was a case of being compelled to act. Compelled. These leaders in the West, these courageous leaders in the West, in throughout former Christendom, throughout the Western nations, the sophisticated, highly developed, most highly developed nations, you know, most highly developed, that's including neutral Switzerland and 
Scandinavia and what have you, just the most highly sophisticated. The great leaders, courageous leaders, they have been gambling too. Putin gambled that he could get away with this. They gambled that Putin would be satisfied with Ukraine. They were willing, like Neville Chamberlain, to offer up Ukraine as a sacrificial lamb. Here, that's all right. We understand their economic concerns and realities. And after all, you're democratically elected. You're not dictator for life like Xi Jinping, except he is gangster President for life. But we will let you have Ukraine. We will not oppose it. We will leave that to the Ukraine people, the poor Ukraine people. We'll leave that for you. With the understanding that you will be satisfied. You will stop there. That will appease you. Before I continue, let me say this. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. And whatever is right and true and good in these programs is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Whatever is lacking, erring, deficient, unworthy, that is due to me. That is on me. That is my fault. But these great leaders in the West, they persuaded themselves. They got together in their brouhaha's. They had their fancy conferences. And they determined in their infinite wisdom that Vladimir Putin would be satisfied with Ukraine. Of course, that was idiocy. (laughs) This is an exact copy of what Hitler did. It's taken directly out of the Adolf Hitler Nazi Third Reich playbook. There's nothing original about it except the use of computer hackers, and that's only due to modern technology. And the threats of nuclear war, again, thanks to modern technology that Hitler didn't have at his disposal. But, oh no, he will be satisfied. He just is concerned about this pipeline is concerned about competition from Ukraine and other nations in Europe. That's all that this is about. How many times have you seen headlines about what does Putin want? Why is Putin invading Ukraine? Just unbelievable. These big name, high and mighty journalists going on and on about what is going on. Why is he doing this? What is he trying to do? Just such brilliance is just mind-boggling, really. But it is the the slop of people devoid of godly wisdom and devoid of... Surprisingly, devoid of a fair amount of worldly wisdom. But Vladimir Putin wasn't satisfied with going after this slice of Ukraine or that slice of Ukraine. No. He sent his 17-mile-long convoy direct at the capital of Ukraine. Why? To cripple, to 
enslaved to destroy all of Ukraine. And the West sat by and said, oh, that's not a problem. (laughs) That's not a problem. He'll stop there. Surely he will stop with Ukraine. He won't go into Moldova. He won't go into Romania. He won't go into Bulgaria. He won't take Georgia. He won't go through Belarus into Slovakia and Czech Republic and through Belarus and that portion of Russia that Russia, that the Soviet Union hung on to between Poland and Lithuania, go through there and strike Poland. And he won't take out Lithuania and Latvia and Estonia and Finland and go on into Sweden. He won't do that. Because he is only after economic gain. He is only after political gain. That's all it is. All these brilliant thinkers and all their double think and triple think and completely, utterly, totally missing the boat. Before the hackers began their attack of Ukraine. And I don't mean this year. (laughs) I mean going back previously, their previous massive attack of Ukraine, which spilled over into all of Europe. Before that began, this was all planned out. Oh, brother, that can't be. No, that just can't be because, you know, this is all about this pipeline and and what's going on right now. That is not about a couple years ago or more. You know, it's not about that. Not much it isn't. I don't know how long these plans have been in existence, but at least back to before that. At least back to before that first massive computer hacking invasion which caused massive trouble in Ukraine and spilled over across Europe and Europe sat back and oh well (laughs) but Putin has been imitating, copying Hitler for ages. And Stalin. And Mao. But cornerstone of socialism is propaganda. Indoctrination via wicked, evil propaganda. The same as in the United States of America and in the Western nations, the British Isles, the British Commonwealth, the European continent. Same thing. Vladimir Putin has been having his forces engage in total war against Ukraine. Short of nuclear, but total war. Targeting civilians. Targeting families, targeting women and children and babies and elderly. How courageous of those Russians. How disgraceful, shameful, damnable of them. It's not enough that they have this massive state-of-the-art military. But then... To do this. But you get right down at the core. And Putin and so many of those who serve him are bullies. Hateful, rapacious, murderous, vicious, ruthless destroyers. Again, so much like in the West. 
so much like in the West. And in the areas that the Russian invasion force has focused on, again, they have gone after civilians, bombing them in their shelters, using bunker bombs, running massive numbers of bombing sorties. And dropping amounts of bombs that exceed anything in World War II, except for the nuclear ones that were dropped on Nagasaki and Hiroshima. But despite all of the evil, despite shelling and bombing schools, school children, despite having no holds barred, no limits, go after them and destroy them, terrorize them. Despite that, Ukraine has withstood to an astonishing extent. Absolutely incredible. And fascinatingly enough, none of the competitive leaders in Russia, I'm not talking about the righteous ones. I mean, the, you know, the non-righteous, the unrighteous, the ungodly, the wicked ones. None of the unrighteous competitors of Putin have seized the day and taken Putin down. Rather interesting, but... These people have been fighting for their homeland, for their families and loved ones, for their neighbors, for the innocents, for the helpless, against an army of vicious thugs committing rampant crimes against humanity. But Again, that's not a problem for the leaders of the West because they and their parties have been engaged in massive assaults, crimes against humanity for decades now, including induced abortion, but also infanticide, euthanasia, sparing the evil, sparing the murderers and destroyers, And meanwhile, visiting such destruction on the helpless and innocent. This <laughs> but moving over here across the great Atlantic Ocean to the United States of America. One leader... Florida Governor DeSantis, Ron DeSantis. I I could be mispronouncing his name, but he has been trying, trying to do the right thing. And of course, he's been being savaged in the media for it, savaged by the leftist journalists. But now he has signed into law House Bill 395, designating November 7th as Victims of Communism Day. How appropriate. And there's more than that. It's going to include mandating instruction in public schools concerning communism, the reality of the evils of communism. What a concept. (laughs) What a concept. You know, that this is something new. Isn't that something? 
all of the wonderful works in education that have been promoted now for decade after decade after decade after decade to indoctrinate the children, to seduce them, to corrupt them, to pervert them, and now the latest thing, to cause them to want to be the opposite sex. Huge promotion of that. But meanwhile, little matters like knowing the Ten Commandments, forget the Bible, you know, forget the warp and woof of the Bible, just the little Ten Commandments. No, that's too much. Can't have that. They might misunderstand it. <laughs> they might believe it. To learn about communism, about how evil all communism is, It needs to go further. It needs to include all socialism. But, of course, that will never fly. That will never happen. Meanwhile, in wonderful communist China, mainland China, under the communist scourge for so very long, ever since (laughs) we turned our backs on Chiang Kai-shek. But where there has supposedly been such persecution of Muslims, right? (laughs) We've heard about it time and again, about how terribly they're suffering. Well, the truth is that Christians, ministers, pastors, Assistant pastors, associate pastors, assistant pastors, Bible school teachers, evangelists, Sunday school teachers, nursery workers, Christian school teachers, and nursery workers have been arrested, subjected to kangaroo trials if they're in the cases where there were any trials, and imprisoned to monstrous draconian sentences. This has been going on for decades and decades. There are pastors who have passed away, who were imprisoned for more than 40 years in horrendous conditions. But we, of course, have brilliant, enlightened young people in America who they pay obeisance to the great communist leaders, but who have slaughtered enormous numbers of people, exceeding Adolf Hitler. In the case of Mao Zedong or Mao Zedong, There are any number of ways to pronounce it and write it, (laughs) but he's number one on the hit parade for mass casualties, so much so that Joseph Stalin, Uncle Joe, needs to take a back seat to Mao. That's how bad it's been in dear China, which didn't prevent Richard Milhouse Nixon from making nice with communist China, clinking glasses and making China most favored nation, China, with Mao. Yeah, just wonderful. But there is a pastor, one of so many, but Pastor Wang Yi, whom has been imprisoned now for four years for committing terrible, egregious crimes inciting subversion of state power by preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. (laughs) It's just outstanding. Wonderful communist China. Speaking of wonderful communist China, even though April has passed, and April, along with October, are the favored months for invading Taiwan, May is a good one, too. And we are in May 
it is possible that Xi Jinping, he could go for the gold ring of invading Taiwan. In which case, Taiwan's defense forces would find themselves in a very similar situation as Ukraine's defense forces. And of course, the Western powers would not intervene, would not come to the aid of Taiwan. How do I know that? Well, you know what a stink, what an enormous stink has been made over the smallest of things, over the previous president acknowledging Taiwan. <laughs> I mean, acknowledging Taiwan. Just, I, just extraordinary, you know. Oh, that's going to upset communist China. But just wonderful things. British Foreign Secretary Liz Truss seems like a decent sort, all right? But she believes in the power of geopolitics to transform society. And she's an extremely intelligent, highly educated woman. And again, seems like a good sort. But while she does mention military strength, along with economic security and deeper global alliances, you know, vast coalitions, there's only one thing that the likes of Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping understand. I would say respect, but they don't respect it. They just, they take notice of it. They acknowledge it. And that is military force, not just military might, but military force, military will. That is the only thing. Meanwhile, in the United States of America, Along the Mexican-U.S. border, the wicked, depraved Biden administration continues to bring about just horrendous de facto invasion of the United States of America. It's been completely overrun. The border has been completely overrun. By drug cartels who are trafficking using illegal migrants. It's <laughs> just amazing, you know, all of the out and out propaganda that the major media elite generated before the last presidential election concerning immigration, concerning the border. The situation is so dramatically much worse thanks to the administration that they brought to power, that they helped bring to power. Great stuff. I would begin (laughs) on something else But there's so little time that I'm just not going to be able to get there. So I'll save that for another program. But coming back to Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin had an undistinguished career with the KGB before leaving joining the mayor of St. Petersburg. And (laughs) then after he was removed, segueing back into the KGB and straight to where he is now. Adolf Hitler had a very undistinguished career (laughs) in World War I. And prior to taking over. 
Benito Mussolini had a very undistinguished career before rising to power. And so it is. You find this with the worst of the worst of the worst, with the most evil that there are. And you also find it with some of the most outstanding that there are, ironically, who rise to positions of authority during the darkest hours for their nations, for their peoples. Vladimir Putin has gone all in on this. His reputation is on the line. When I say his reputation, I don't mean his reputation as man of the year. I mean reputation of being powerful, mighty, superpower, boss. And he is going to do anything and everything it takes to keep from failing. And it is incumbent upon the weak cowardly, immoral, indecent, unrighteous, depraved leaders of the West to stand up to him. But they are incapable of that. Which is why it falls upon the people of Ukraine as it fell upon the people of Israel immediately after statehood was declared who were attacked and invaded by multi-millions of Arabic Muslims. God miraculously delivered them, but they had to stand up for themselves and defend themselves before that happened. And the Ukraine people have done just that. And the leaders of the West are amazed and astonished because they didn't imagine that they would dare to defend themselves, dare to oppose superpower Russia. Because they wouldn't. The leaders of the West, they are of the better red than dead variety. But God can do all things. God save Ukraine. God save Ukraine's defenders. And God save Ukraine. And be glorified in Ukraine. In Jesus' name. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. Thank you. Thank you.